0: Door. Controlling, the net is empty, he throws it down, and in! he
1: scored a goal! Martin Brodey! The hockey gods are Red Wing fans too, it appears. the champions. The lady have done it! They have done it!
0: They, they did have the gone back-to-back! Unbelievable.
1: Welcome to another episode of Shut Your Five Hole and Listen, I'm Muffy, your resident Red Wings fan. And I'm Stephanie, your resident New Jersey Devils fan. And we are both fans of the Tampa Bay Lightning, as you know, secondary teams.
0: Because we moved here.
1: But Muffy, how excited are
0: you? The NHL season is officially open and happening, and things are amazing and going well.
1: Yes, yes, it is very exciting to have the NHL season happening again. And we have some exciting home openers to talk about.
0: Yes, we do. And we were actually physically at one of those home openers. Yes, Muffy and I were at the Tampa Bay Lightning home opener against the Nashville
1: Predators. Very first goal. game of the NHL season.
0: Yes, the very first game because it was part of the triple header, So we had to get out to the arena super early. Mm-hmm. You got there earlier than I did, but... <laughs>
1: Thanks to our um, supervisors who let us leave early to go to the game. Yes, thank you.
0: Thank you. We do have to eat, but appreciate the flexibility. So do you want to talk about some of the fun you had out there before I got
1: there? Sure. So the game started with a blue carpet arrival from the players. And I have to say, Brayden Point is the nicest, most sweetest human being on the planet, because it took that man forever to get down the blue carpet because he was stopping and signing autographs and taking selfies and like making everybody's day. I swear they were starting to roll up the blue carpet from the very front end before he was even back into the building. Amazing humans. Which I love that.
0: Like, I love when they're like, guys, it's so like, appreciate the fans. They know why they're there. Like I love that. I love when you hear that people are nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But yes, it was very fun. There was, you know, all of the players made their way through. Some interacting with fans more than others, but it was definitely a fun way to kick off the season. Was well, it was a good game?
0: It was a good game. There were some notable people missing from the Lightning. Yes, namely Andre <laughs> Vasilevsky. Who is out for at least two months because he had back surgery. Yeah, which we've already established, the Lightning are in a bit of a rebuilding year, and this is an interesting move. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a move you can't help. That, no, you, you can't know, help you have surgery. But yep. I did not, I did
1: not know any of those baby goaltenders. But yeah, they won, which was nice. It was, it was very good. <laughs> was a little touch and go a few times in that game.
0: Yes, it was. Yes, it was.
1: But they pulled out the W. They did.
0: And it was a fun game to be at. The crowd, you know, in Tampa is always great. And I it it, it is interesting because it's like I feel like because of the cup runs, we've gotten so used to seeing the Tampa Bay Lightning, seeing so many of the same guys year after mm-hmm. year. And this is the first year in a while where we got to a game and I feel like I didn't know half of the
1: players. Mm -hmm.
0: and it was kind of fun to watch a new team go out there and try to figure out how they're going to make their way
1: so more to come from the tampa bay lightning season
0: yes yes we have
1: some other games to talk about yeah
0: so i'll start off with saying i'm sorry monkey (laughs) it started off so well
1: (laughs) you know here's the thing If my team is going to lose a game, I would rather it be on the road, especially for a home opener so that the team at home gets their home opener win. Yes, that is true. I had this conversation with my dad because so we should probably let the people know that the New Jersey Devils and the Detroit Red Wings played each other in the Devils home opener. They did. And the Red Wings started off by scoring first
0: and then lost the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But then the Red Wings went home and played the Lightning and won that game. So all of the teams won their home openers. Which I feel like is,
0: you know, you hate to say like it's the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But it is nice. It is nice when the home team wins the home opener. Yes. Yes. How do you feel like your Red Wings look this year?
1: They're looking pretty good.
0: And Any standout players?
1: I am impressed by how many different players have scored goals this season. It is not just the Dylan Larkin show. We've got mm-hmm. like seven or eight players at time of recording who have scored goals so far.
0: That is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Who this, my, Don't mind my ignorance. Who do they have in net this year?
1: Huso was in for the first two games, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Solid. Do you think they're staying?
0: I'm obsessed with goaltending, just putting it out there. <laughs> Do you think they're staying with this? How you feeling? How you
1: feeling about your net minders? I think
0: they'll stay with who, so. Yeah, solid choice, solid choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we'll see. It's early in the season. One never knows. It is true. Things can happen. <laughs> like back surgery. Like back surgery.
0: The Devils are looking pretty good. It is kind of fun to watch two of the three Hughes brothers play together. That would definitely be fun to watch. It is fun fun especially since Jack is a forward and Luke is a defenseman have, when they're out there together it's kind of fun to watch mm-hmm. but i will say the devils i think they're i think they're going to be a top contender but they got to get another line moving besides that that Hughes line and uh, i'm hoping that you know, my good friend Tech vanechak and his frenchie braces will <laughs> will be our number one because he will now always have a place in my heart mm, yes the frenchie from braces a, from the tiktok <laughs> <laughs> But still early in the season, the Devils have come a long way from last year after losing the first two games, screaming, the fans screaming to fire Lindy Ruff to the organization extending his contract. Yes,
1: yes. It's a very different picture from the first couple of games last year. So good job, Devils. You're turning things around.
0: They are, but I feel like they also can't believe their own hype, you know? I feel like they got to... They got to be the underdogs a little bit. You can't you can't go out there with as much jet confidence as Jack Hughes does every day in his life.
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we dive into some news, starting with our our jet skiing friend Alex Kalorn, who we talked about in the first episode, being key to the Ducks rebuilding. What happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> so he's out for a significant amount of time
0: for a. A finger
1: injury. Which that just sounds so football esque as opposed does, to hockey.
0: It does. And it happened in the preseason. So I think that that's that made the Ducks, who I think were really starting to build a team around some guys like Kalorn, have to rethink some things. But you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> He's. Kalorn's always been a guy that could bounce back pretty quickly, so let's hope that this is something that he can... Injury-related, our friend, which I can't remember his first name, I just always think of him as Hot Kachuk.
1: (laughs) Oh, sure. Matthew? Yeah, uh, out in Florida. After that like
0: gruesome like sternum right mm-hmm. breaking like everything in his torso, he looks real good. Yeah. Yeah, you know they, some some summer rest will do that. Summer rest will do that. So injury all of this is to say that hopefully Kalorin can get back out there. As planned, in a few more weeks, mm-hmm. and
1: the Ducks can be back on their way
0: to rebuilding that team. I think I think that will that will help them. I think it will be key.
1: Yeah, a finger injury though still just makes me laugh because you hear about so many other gruesome injuries that hockey players go through that they're like, "I'm just gonna play through it." <laughs> it's like, well, and it also makes me wonder, like, which finger, finger mm-hmm. is
0: it? Because I feel like that plays a role. Absolutely. Like if, <laughs> like if it's your thumb. You can't grip without your thumb. Mm-hmm.
1: But like, I don't know. Pinky, like if this is like a pinky thing, slap some tape on there and you know, get going. Right. I have so many questions. <laughs> so many so questions. Many questions. Uh.
0: What's the next thing we
1: got coming up? There's a new Respect in Hockey Culture Center. Yes. So this was formed by seven leagues to create a centralized platform to provide access to players, coaches, and employees to receive mental health support services and report on incidents of bullying, abuse, harassment, discrimination, all of the bad things we don't want happening in the workplace or in life, and notably absent is the NHL. Yep, I noticed
0: that was <laughs> the first when I mean, you sent me that press release, and I was like, "Oh, first I was like, hmm, this is also kind of su- not suspect, but like it was suspect that like the NHL
1: might not be a part when it was an ECHL." Press Press release. release. Mm -hmm. Each league issued a press release. I just happened to be on the ECHL press list, so that was how I got that one. (laughs) Yes, but
0: I feel like if it came from the NHL, we all would have known about that. Yes,
1: (laughs) yes. But the leagues who are a part of it are the AHL, which is the farm league for the NHL. Mm -hmm. The CHL, which includes the OHL. The QMJHL and the WHL, the ECHL, as Stephanie noted, the new Professional Women's Hockey League, and the United States Hockey League.
0: It's a pretty impressive group. Mm-hmm. It's a, it encompasses a lot of players. It takes care of most of North America. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be something that builds. I think having resources just to take down the stigma I think, will help make it so eventually the NHL, I hope, will participate. Right. Because that would be huge, not just for the sport of hockey, but for all professional sports. Absolutely. There's still a, a mental health stigma out there that really shouldn't be. And especially in men's sports mm-hmm. where, you know, there's still an old guard in charge of a lot of these leagues that is just like a toughen up kid approach. And that's just... It's just not, not going to cut it mm-hmm. anymore. So this, is, this was exciting to see. Yes. What do you hope comes out of this?
1: I definitely hope it leads to some more transparency in mental health and that people start to understand all of the different mental health struggles and not just depression or anxiety because there's a whole lot that goes into mental health and what's classified as a mental health illness. So I hope this just helps people be able to share their own struggles, too, if they know that there are resources for people, even Mm -hmm. like professional athletes, that there's resources for them, too.
0: I agree. I think there's a long way to go, but I think this is a good first step. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's interesting that we got this announcement, you know, last time we talked about coach who lost his job for inappropriate behavior that...
1: It was only a few days later that this press release came out, which I found very interesting. And I'm sure, like, they probably planned
0: to have their release Mm -hmm. time at a certain point anyway, but just things happen. And it just, to me, was that much more powerful seeing that after in the top league and then not seeing the NHL be part of it. Yeah, I was was fascinated by that.
1: So... (laughs) Well, we will see how the Respect Hockey Culture Center goes. And if we get any more information on it, we'll be sure to share. Yes.
0: At the end of period one. I
1: think that's the end of period one. That's the end of our news. So we'll
0: be back with period two. Okay. So we are back for period two. And, uh...
1: What movie? Tell us what usually happens in in period two. So this is our period where we call it learn the basics, and we usually talk about a rule that relates Mm -hmm. to the game. Last time we mixed it up a little bit when I quizzed Stephanie on some hockey lingo, but today we're going to get back into rules a bit more. Originally, I was planning to talk about some different penalties that we have not covered before, and if you are looking for some more basic rules like what's icing or offsides or some different penalties. Definitely go back and check out season one. We have a whole bunch of other rules that we talk about. But today, we're going to talk about helmets. Yes, Muffy. <laughs> there
0: has been a controversy on day one before he even started playing a game with that sweet, sweet baby angel, Conard Bedard, that I learned something that
1: I didn't even know. I didn't either. <laughs>
0: So, to fill y'all in on what we're talking about, so Connor Bedard, we talked about him going into draft season. He was the top pick. He is probably the most hyped first round, first pick that I can remember, I think, since like Sidney Crosby.
1: I was going to go
0: with Connor McDavid, but that's true. Which total sidebar, like Sidney Crosby is aging very well. <laughs> Like, to the point where I saw a picture of him and I was like, hmm, I could not get behind it when he was younger and I was younger. I could get behind this now. <laughs> anyway, back to the sweet, sweet baby angel, Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. He came out during warm-ups, funnily enough, like against Sydney Crosby, yep. <laughs> not wearing a helmet. Yep. And... I learned something new that happened two years ago. Yeah. So, you know, we were really on
1: (laughs) top of it. Apparently, starting with the 2020-2021 season, players were required to wear a helmet during warm-ups. And this is only players who entered the NHL at that time. So the ones who have been in the league for years and years are grandfathered in and do not necessarily have to wear a helmet during warm up if they don't want to. But starting in the 2021 season, any player who entered the NHL needed to wear a helmet. Yeah. And Connor didn't do that. So he got fined. He didn't do that. He got fined. He got fined before he even got paid. The Blackhawks organization did say that they were going to pay the fine. And if you talk to my father, his theory is everybody wanted to see Connor in his first game. So they probably the organization probably gave him the okay to be like, yeah, yeah, don't wear your helmet so everyone can see you. I mean, that does go along the
0: line with my theory that on the TV opening night for both ESPN Mm Ntnt. The reason why the Blackhawks played back-to-back games was because each television station wanted a little Bedard action, probably. So Bob and I can just come up with a lot of Connor Bedard conspiracy theories. Love it. (laughs) But these helmet rules
1: go back a ways. They definitely go back a ways. Yeah. For those of you who may be new to the sport of hockey, it probably sounds very weird to play this game without a helmet. Yes. But that's how it was until June 1st of 1979,
0: which was way later than I expected. Yeah.
1: Like, I knew
0: they didn't play with helmets for a while, but I thought, like, in my head, even though, like, I've seen images from, like, the 60s, but, like, in
1: my head, they were wearing helmets and they were not. They were not. They were not. But starting in 1979, any player who entered the NHL was then required to wear a helmet. And once again, it was a grandfathered-in situation. So players who had been in the league for years and years could still go helmetless. And in fact, do you know how long it was until there were no non-helmeted players left? Does that make sense? Yes, it does.
0: 1988? 1997.
1: Shut up. Who was it? Oh, now you're asking. When I looked up with the... I should have put this in the notes. When I looked it up to make sure I got the dates right, it was 1997. I'm Googling
0: right now. All
1: right. While Stephanie Googles that fun fact, we're going to move on to additional helmet rules because... There is another one that is the visor of the helmet, and that was not required until the 2013 2014 season. And once again, any player who entered the NHL at that time or had played fewer than 25 NHL games was required to wear a visor on their helmet. And to this day, there are eight players who still do not wear a visor.
0: That is fascinating. So I've now found an article about. The last 10 players not to wear helmets in the NHL.
1: You can probably scroll all the way to the bottom because that'll be the last one.
0: That will be. The last player to not wear a helmet was Craig McTavish in 1997 when he was playing for the St. Louis Blues.
1: There you go. Yep. That was wild to me because I was like, I was watching hockey then, but I probably wasn't paying that much attention to teams that weren't the Red Wings.
0: But also, like, we were little.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Right? It's wild. Wow. But now you know. Helmets are important. Now I know. And we both learned something new about you have to wear your helmet during warm-ups. You do. And here's the crazy thing. So apparently, so he started playing before this.
0: Mm -hmm. Then he played three seasons with the Oilers without a helmet. Then he went back to wearing one. In 1988 to 1989, and then he stopped wearing it again.
1: <laughs>
0: Who does that?
1: I, he must have had a reason. He must have. That's <laughs> fascinating. So for your Tavish. next trivia night,
0: 1997. For your next trivia night, 1997, Craig McTavish, St. Louis Blues. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. That was a good one, Muffy. Oh, well, thank,
1: thank you. you. Thank you. I'm glad I could add a little fun fact into our rules segment. I don't know why I was, like, shocked by this. Shocked. 97 was a long time. I didn't think it'd be that long either.
0: No. No. Yeah. And with that, we'll be back for period three.
1: (laughs) And we are back for period three. Anything goes.
0: goes. We're a period where anything goes. And... This time, Muffy, I, I have some helmet-adjacent records for you. All right. Okay, okay. Would you like to know who is the player who has the most scars on his head? Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay. Proof okay. as to why helmets
1: are needed. This is proof as to why
0: helmets are needed. So, Eddie Shore... Played with the Boston Bruins in the 20s, 30s, and part of the 40s. So this is we're going like way, way back. Going back to the true days so, of the original six. The true days of the original six. He had 19 scars from pucks or sticks or punches to the face.
1: That's Which shockingly was not as many as I that thought. That was, was what maybe. I was gonna say. I was like, that was right? actually a lower number than I was expecting when you said that. It is sad. I thought it was going
0: to be more, but also that is sort of a lot. Yeah. He wasn't a goalie, so so
1: that's a lot. But <laughs> I mean, the game also was not as rough back then. You weren't throwing people into the boards. True, so. and the,
0: partly because there were just the boards, and there was no glass, glass, mm-hmm. and they were smaller mm-hmm. and they wore less. But still, that's yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Now. We're going to take it a little bit into the modern era. Again, another reason why helmets are important. Who do you think is the NHL player from, like, our childhood, late 90s, early 2000s era? Who holds the most, who holds the record for the most fighting majors in a career?
1: Someone on the Philadelphia Flyers. (laughs) Um...
0: (laughs) Close. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, actually close. Yeah, you're close. You're close. <sighs> you're close because that's yeah. He's a real nasty son of a bitch.
1: Why can't I think of anyone who was a big fighter back then? When I say it, you're
0: gonna go, ah, oh. are you ready? Yeah. Ty domi. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that.
0: me to this day, my father <laughs> will talk about as one of the dirtiest players. For like a hit, a hit, I can't even remember who the hit was. He like clotheslined someone <laughs> and he will always use that hit as an example, as a very, very bad, bad hit when you compare it to um Scott Stevens, former captain of the New Jersey Devils leveling uh, Eric Lindros. It's a whole thing. But anyway, Hi <laughs> Domi, known for fighting. He had three hundred and thirty-three NHL fights. I like That's that more than anybody. I like that it's it's three hundred and three. Like it is threes it's across very the board. Neat. Threes across threes 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 across the board, <laughs> and that was for a total of three thousand five hundred and fifteen penalty minutes. Wow, for fighting, which is also a very nice number. Mm-hmm. This may or may not. It is not, well unclear. If in the fight count, that includes a fight. Do you remember this when you had a fight with a fan in the stands in Philly? Oh,
1: there's the Philly
0: reference. <laughs> <laughs> I could not find if that included that or not. I would think either it way, does
1: not because I think they really only counted it on the ice. I think it counts into the penalty.
0: I think it counts into the penalty minutes because they were minutes. You got a penalty for it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you got to get game misconduct for it, which uh, goes in there. Right.
1: But. That's a lot of fights, that is. man. That is. Yeah. Any other fun facts? Our last fun fact of the day,
0: also helmet adjacent because every, well, they all wear them, but I think they were the first to start wearing them. Do you know which goaltender in? We're doing 80s now. This is the period. Mm. And this record stands. Most penalty minutes in a single season by a goaltender. I don't think I remember who were goalies in the 80s. because Our our through line of how I said you were close also helps. (laughs) Philly again? It's also there. Philly again. Philly again. (laughs) Philly again. This is another one where I feel like when I say it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Ron Hextall. (laughs) Oh. Makes sense, right? It does make sense. I would not have guessed him. (laughs) But I also... (laughs) I don't
0: know if I would have guessed him either, but for those of our fans who were not hockey fans in the 80s, Ron Hextall, fantastic goaltender, one of the greats, also, like, perfect for Philly because they were, like, thugs back then, and if you're a Philly fan, I guess that's, like, thugs in the best way, but thugs nonetheless. (laughs) Like, Ron Hextall, Philly goaltender... In the 1988-1989 season, he piled up 113 penalty minutes. Why this is crazy is goalies don't usually get no. Maybe they'll get like one, mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. The only goaltender I've seen recently who's gotten a, more than a, like one or two penalties in a season is Shostakin. He's got some. He's got some Ron
1: Hexall energy in him. <laughs> Also some Patrick Waugh energy in him, but in the previous- season, See, that, that's actually a person I could have gone with now that you say that. Wow. Well, but I, again, I go back to the 90s fight between the Avalanche and the Red Wings because that was, that was real different. nasty. That was real nasty. But I don't think I know enough goaltenders who have played in the 80s, seeing that was before my time. True, that me too, but you know me. I love me some goaltenders. I do. Yes, you do. So that's my why I was sweet like, sweet I don't baby. think I would have gotten this one
0: even if I had thrown a guess out there. Is my You don't see my sweet, sweet baby Chico Rush in there. <laughs> you don't see Chico doing that. No Chico. But the crazier thing about Ron Hextall, so that the 88-89 season, he had 113 penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. The two seasons before he racked up 104, so it was a pattern. It definitely was a pattern. (laughs) Good times, right? Good times or bad times if you got smacked by Ron Hextall. And that's anything goes today. I
1: like it. I like (laughs) it. So does Muffy? Does that end our? Does that end our game today? I don't. I don't think so. I think today we have to go into overtime.
0: Oh, we got to go into
1: overtime.
0: We do have to go into
1: overtime. Because there's a very important thing that we need it's to talk important. about that relates to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Stephanie and I have been saying this for years. The Tampa Bay
0: Lightning have retired two, exactly two numbers. One, Vinny Lecavalier. I get that.
1: Absolutely. Makes sense. Totally deserves it.
0: The other, Martin St. Louis. To a degree, I also get it. Maybe to a little bit of a lesser degree. I also... agree.
1: I, I agree. His number should be retired. I disagreed with it being the first number retired. I also
0: agree. I think if we were going to do one, it should have been Vinny first, but we got there. But you want to know who we have not retired? Who is an NHL Hall of Famer and also has a statue outside of the building. Mm-hmm. The captain of the Lightning's first Stanley Cup win... Dave Anderchuk. Mm -hmm. He still works for the organization. Mm -hmm. They trotted him out on opening night when they had, like, big, famous, important athletes from all different, like, backgrounds from Tampa Bay. But he
1: doesn't have his number retired. He does not. I'm very upset by this. Like, I'm very upset by this. I am very upset by this, too. But what makes it even worse is that his number was retired from his minor league team. Not fair. Not fair at all.
0: Not fair. Hashtag retire25.
1: Yep. Yep. We're gonna start it. We're gonna start it. He, retired. You heard it first.
0: Hashtag retire25. Hashtag retire25. It's just so wrong. So
1: wrong. he is also in the hockey hall of fame and has not yes. had his number retired. It doesn't make any sense. Like joking aside, like by the stats, by the
0: numbers, by being a hall of famer. You still work for the organization. Why the hell is his number not retired? <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Come on, Phil. Get on it, Phil. Yeah. Not. I mean, you just gotta have some sway, Mr. Esposito. Yeah. Yeah. You would you think talk, so. You, you talk to Mr. Vinnick. <laughs> Get on this. Get on this. Yeah. You're gonna hear it throughout <laughs> the season. Hashtag retire 25
1: retire 25 <laughs> Thank you for the journey. Muffy, where can the people find us? Well, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for Five Hole Podcast or Five Hole underscore pod on Twitter because, you know, someone already took the other handle. Rude. (laughs) You can also drop us an email at shutyourfiveholepodcast at gmail.com. You can slide into our DMs. And we look forward to chatting with you in our next episode.
0: Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. It helps people find us. It and it we just like to hear your thoughts. So please, please review. And uh we'll we'll talk to you next time. Bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and-